Today's podcast is part of our Ways to Beat the Cost of Living series that we've got coming up. And this one is about reducing the costs within your business. I'm Louise and this is Diane. And Diane, I think you're going to take it away today, aren't you? Starting because you've got a big webinar coming up. Yeah. So next week, um, our DCBM members, we're going to do a full webinar on this topic, Beat the Cost of Living Crisis by Reducing Costs and Increasing Your Profits. And I'm going to talk through in that masterclass next week, I'm going to talk through 10 ways that they can um, you know, use to reduce cost, increase profits. And I wanted to kind of talk about it on the podcast a little bit in advance um, and just share maybe a a few ways um, that I recommend and that I use in my business and maybe ask you a few questions about what you do in your business, Louise. Um, and yeah, so we'll we'll take it away from there. So I'll start by, I want to ask you a couple of questions first, Louise. So um, stock management, that is a, a big way of actually increasing your profit margins, just reducing the cost, because what happens if you don't manage your stock? So say, for instance, you've got a team of, of cleaners and you have a stock cupboard and everybody has access to it. There's no controls in place. And what happens is it's not about staff stealing products or anything like that. But what you find is it's kind of human nature that if there's an abundance of supplies, then there's not as much value placed on them and people potentially could be using more than they need to. Whereas actually, if the supplies are limited, then people see this scarcity and they put more value on them. So that's the kind of principle behind having a good stock management system. So I wanted to ask you what you have in place in your business to, to manage you know, cleaning materials and that sort of thing. So you just know, control freaks, <laughs> stock cupboard is strictly off limits to staff. So we do all the refilling. But can I be really honest? And this isn't just a cost thing. This is, and I think we've spoken about this before. My staff seem incapable of diluting things to the right levels. So we, it's not, I don't know, I don't trust them to dilute to the right levels. You know, 50 mil of product to a litre of water despite providing with the measuring things. And again, it's not that they're bad, but they just sort of squeeze until they feel like stop squeezing. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, it's not that they're bad. They just sort of know roughly what it should be. Now, that's not bad if it's just one bucketful they're making up. Um, but like you said, it, it's just you get through an awful lot. They're not limited on how much they should use. So they just keep squeezing. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. And that's we do that as well. We dilute all the products in advance for the team. So all they have to do is fill up their spray bottles. So we dilute everything. Um, one thing we also do um, is we do you find that, you know, when 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 your team are cleaning and they're, they're using a spray, for instance, is it five sprays or one spray? So all right, can I talk about bugbear? I totally haven't prepped for this. Right. So we so training. Right. Get your cloth damp and spray the spray directly onto yeah. the cloth. That's the training, the reality. So the cloth, they'll spray five sprays on it. It barely gets wet. It doesn't really work. And I'm going, how much do you need to add to this? So I'll just spray a bit more. And so every two minutes, they're spraying another three sprays onto the cloth. And I'm like, make the cloth wet. Just make the cloth wet. Yeah. And then the product will work. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> wastage central. And it doesn't work. It's only being used to dampen the cloth. Yeah. Um, so again, that comes down to training. And it's in our training. 
yeah, yeah so it's good before. training you're right because we have a principle which is you you always start with a base of hot water and that's where you dampen your cloth and then you like you say spray onto the cloth you only need one spray onto the cloth but we found that you know when one spray would do five is obviously much better apparently so what we also <laughs> tend to do is we actually over dilute our products a little bit so we dilute them a little bit more than is recommended just means that it, if then they are using three sprays then they're not using too much product so it works quite well that way not just from a, a, a cost saving point of view but actually for their health as well because they're not exposed to as much product so we i yeah we don't over dilute most of our products the only one that we do over, i wouldn't say it's over dilute because you've got a range no, just just a bit more yeah degreaser so we have a wonderful degreaser that will strip engine oil if it's at its concentrated level and you can obviously have it at a range of dilutions well we go for the most dilutes yeah. it still just about works on a greasy hob um but i wouldn't use it on an end of tenancy at that level of dilution but the number of times my staff will spray degreaser and i'm going oh, oh like you are now going to have to remove that degreaser because it leaves a little residue. And I'm going, it's so much better to have it more dilute. And they, they're going to add loads of it anyway. So that's and the it's a combination, one. isn't it? Stock management and training and, and kind of understanding a bit about human nature and then how people will behave and, and then adjusting your business accordingly. But you know, if you don't do this, you're leaking money in your business. And you know, this is all about, you know, if you want to beat the cost of living crisis you need your business to make you more money therefore if you can reduce the cost that's just a, an easier way of making more money than for instance if you just put your prices up that will yes make you more money but this is another way of doing it as well do you know the other thing staff do they don't wait till the spray bottle is empty so if you've got a dosing cap they don't wait till it's empty they'll have a quarter left in it they'll pump another dose in yeah. fill it up with three quarters so now it's more concentrate so then they'll wait till that goes down to a quarter at a more concentrated level pump again by the end of it you're got super concentrated spray yeah. if yeah. you let them do that yeah and that's safe for cost but for health and safety for the actually effectiveness and also potentially damaging surfaces as well because they're using too much product so yeah there's so many reasons to have good stock control and um, you know it, it just just works um another um way of saving a fortune in my opinion is um by switching to commercial cleaning products now i know obviously you and, and i and our businesses we've been using commercial cleaning products for a long time time but I've had chats with you know people that are either starting out or solo cleaners don't have a team and they're going to be an M bargains and you know the supermarket when there's special offers on and they're thinking wow you know a bottle of flash sorry my headphones keep falling off a bottle of flash is a pound fantastic I'll buy that a bargain and I'm like that's a pound shall I tell you how much a spray bottle full of something that would work just as well would cost and you know, sort of 12p, 16 pence, you know, we you know, or less. You know, it's not even that it would work just as well. Sometimes it's the same product. Exactly. But yeah. I know from buying spray bottles, spray bottles are expensive. Plastic is actually really expensive. And those spray heads are expensive. So if you imagine that of that pound bottle of spray you're buying, you're paying 70 odd P in in bottles. Just for the bottle. Yeah. So if you are not buying the bottle every time, you can whack that down to about 20p for the same product yeah. all you have to do is buy it in concentrate and it's better for the environment and it's cheaper and uh, i cannot understand and people go well i only spend 10 pounds a month i don't understand and i'm going but 
it's better for the environment. It's better for you. Why not swap? And you might actually only spend £2 a month if you use commercial products, you know. Yes, sometimes the the resistance is, oh, well, you know, I have to store the five-litre bottles. But actually, it comes back to stock management. How many products do you actually need to use? You know, sometimes, you know, we have cleaners out there with a car full of cleaning chemicals that would cover any eventuality. Now, you know, I understand that a lot of, you know, we're not all just cleaning houses on a regular basis sometimes we're doing end of tenancy cleans sometimes we're doing you know different types of cleaning but on the whole if you have a domestic cleaning business most of your cleans are regular so you don't need all those extra products so there are you know there's maybe three a maximum five core products that you actually need and maybe three of those are dilutables so that's three five liter bottles that's all you need um and you're away so it's not you know storage issue can I? So I obviously do quite a bit on social media, right? The trend going around, there's a hashtag called confess. Okay. And you're meant to count how many different cleaning products you have in your house. So I thought this was last week, I thought I'll go and count and confess. And I had nine in the bathroom. I, I thought I don't have that many, but I had about 15 under my kitchen sink. And that took me up to about 26. And I really don't have that many at all. But by the time you count dishwasher tablets, laundry stuff, uh, we all have way too many. What's lovely as a professional cleaner um, is that I think we have seven different products and customers always go, wow, what do you use? That's so amazing. And I'm going, the staff scrub it. Like <laughs> The products work. They do what they're supposed to. They they disinfect, they descale, they do whatever they're supposed to do. Uh, but really it's about using it in the right way, doing it at the right time. Le- the biggest thing with products is I believe nearly any product will work if you give it the right dwell time. Let the product do the work so we don't have to. And really you know, you can spend, I see people that are spending 15 pounds on floor cleaner. Do I really think it's much better than, you know, you can buy an e-mop that uses just water, yeah. e-cloth mop they're called. Um, you know, use the right product for the right situation and use it properly and you don't have to spend a small fortune. And the other thing is the ones that cost a lot of money, the ones we love, I love method, floor cleaner, arm and scented. I shouldn't plug it on this, but I do love it. It's just perfume. Just buy some sandalwood or something. Put some essential oils around your house. You don't need to spend four pounds on a bottle of floor cleaner that lasts in my house one week. Yeah, no, it's crazy. And and I think also we we get a bit carried away, don't we? And and I think probably you know these social media's perhaps you know encourage that. But yeah, there's some beautiful perfumes out there. But you know they're not for your business. If you want to use them at home fine go ahead but they're not suitable for your business you are overspending and and I actually firmly believe that a cleaning business with say you know 10 team members would probably spend less on cleaning products using commercial than one solo cleaner shopping at B&M bargains or the supermarket you know in terms of cost and that's crazy and if you're a solo cleaner listening and watching this and you're thinking I spend 50 pound a month or 10 pound whatever you spend on cleaning that's products only spend 10 pounds yeah 10 pound <laughs> You know, we we spend nothing in comparison in proportion to, to what you spend and the hours that you clean for. So from a cost point of view, this is a, a key point is switching to commercial products is going to save you a fortune, beat the cost of living crisis, make, crisis, make more money. It's as simple as that. 
So, Diane, the problem that people have, though, is it's all very well saying switch to commercial, but it's not yeah. as easy as you think, because quite often these people, they go, well, I only spend £10 a month. So why would I spend £50 on, you know, my diversity bathroom cleaner? It's £60. Yeah. Startup costs, yeah. You don't yeah. want to do that. And then, well, I'm supposed to have all my bottles labelled. And if you buy it in concentrate, sometimes the bottles aren't labelled and then you're in breach of cosh. So the DCBN actually went out. This was quite a hard thing for us to tackle. When you're yeah. small and you are just starting out, where do you go? So we have an answer, don't we? And it's nationwide. Yeah, absolutely. So we've actually got um, two now suppliers that will supply UK wide. Um, they give a discount to DCBN members, which is amazing. They both give 10% discount, which is fantastic. It's a good chunky discount. Um, and yet they will supply you UK wide and they will supply sort of smaller orders. Um, there is a, a sort of a minimum order to get free delivery. However, you know, it's not a huge amount um, and the minimum order. And £30 or something, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I think I think it might be 50 but, you know, it's still not a huge amount. So, so yeah, switching to commercial products initially may cost you a little bit more, but then you won't have to buy any products for so long that um, you'll you'll – and also think about all those trips to B&M bargains, all the super – I keep mentioning B&M bargains, it's like a, an advert for them, isn't it? But, you know, it, all those trips to the shops to buy those products once a month, you don't have to do those anymore. And do you know the other thing? I don't know if you've been, so I don't go to these shops because I can't go in there and spend £10 on cleaning products without going, ooh, what's this? Or oh, scrub daddy. I totally need one of those, which I don't. Yeah. Or, ooh, you know, I need a multi-pack of something that I've never used in my life. And um, I normally walk out with six new scrubbing brushes that I've already got a stock of. Yeah. So if I go into the shops, I've got to say it's impulse purchases, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And, and you know, and you might not be buying stuff for your business. You might be buying stuff for home. But yeah, you're going to go in thinking you're going to spend 10 and I you're going to spend 20 because that's the nature of those shops they yeah or more a trolley full before you know it and yeah it's we've got a shop over here in france called action and yeah you can't go in without buying things that you didn't plan on buying you're going for a notebook and you come out with a trolley full of all sorts and the other thing about these shops you cannot actually buy unscented products not without paying an absolute premium whereas all commercial ones are unscented and for me it's about the health so You know, I think the stats are something like after 10 years of being a cleaner, you're 70% more likely to suffer from lung diseases. I've already done 10 years. Do you know what? I think I do have lung diseases. But anyway, no, that's I don't. But um, anyway, the stats are something like that. And one of the problems is the perfumes that are heavily put in there. And these products that you're buying in Tesco, Sainsbury's, wherever you buy it from, um, they're not designed to be used day in, day out, all day, you know inhaling harpic fumes is not meant to be done for five hours a day and i know my staff they're working in pairs you could be cleaning bathrooms all day for five hours so you know you need to have products that are made with that in mind so the unperfumed ones are important because it's important for the operative and i would love my staff i provide so many gloves. They have every type of glove known to man, but they don't wear them. Um, so I need to know that the products that they're using are less um, harsh, I guess. They're less likely to have an impact on them because yeah. I can't stop them being exposed to it. It will be absorbed through their skin. I, I can't stop that. I, I do everything I can too, with training, providing the PPE. Um, but ultimately, you just have to be considerate. And and the things you buy in Tesco's, like it's terrifying that you, the mold sprays you can buy are so dangerous. Yeah. 
because they're in the household cleaning aisle, people go, oh, it's fine. They just spray it all over the place. Oh, kids, do you just go and have a bath while that's working on the walls? No, don't do it. No, completely agree. And, you know, if you are going to buy those products, you need to really think about the safety of them. And you know, there the comes a cost with the perfume and the cost doesn't you don't want it to be your health so you know, there's a cost to the business but there's also a cost to your health and long term cleaning is a physical enough job as it is the good thing about it is it's like getting paid to go to the gym but the bad thing about it is it has it can have a knock-on effect on your health physically and if you're then using products that are literally going to damage you then um yeah that's a, a cost as well isn't it that has to be thought about should we move on? I feel like we've covered this. Of course this we can, quite yeah. We've, we've got the message, switch to commercial products. Solar cleaner, no matter what size business you have, switch to commercial products. Okay. What are the other um, tips that um, I like for um, saving money is um, actually only working for clients that work for you. Um, so I've got so a really good example this sometimes week. Sometimes a harsh message, but you know, um, if you look at your clients that you have at the moment, whether you've got ten clients or or a hundred clients, whatever whatever size your business, and you look to every client in terms of how much money they make for you per hour, per week, per however long you want to look at it, and really thought about why some are more profitable than others, then you probably get a little bit of a shock perhaps because you know you might be looking at you know your clients and actually realizing that only if you talk about the 80 20 rule but actually 20 percent of them might actually make you 80 percent of your money and the other 80 percent you know might you know might not make you any money at all so you really need to look at this and, and go through each client and it's a really good exercise because then you can think well okay what am I going to do about that? Am I going to increase their hours? Am I going to increase their price? Am I going to stop cleaning for them altogether because they just don't work for me? And it, it's a really important way of increasing your profits is to, we call it sacking C and D grade clients because they're just not the right clients for your business that you could even be paying to clean for them. It could be that bad. Can I give a couple of examples? I think this is this is great advice. And I think when it's obvious, it's easy. It's the less obvious ones. And I know that um, when you become a bigger business, it becomes a lot easier to track. So we are staff filling timesheets. I know exactly what time they start, what time they finish. But it's hard when you're a solo cleaner because these people are your friends and you might finish bang on time, but then they have a chat to you. And that's fine until you get busier and you know that within the school hours, you can fit in six hours cleaning, but you can't if they chat to you for 10, 15 minutes. And then you realize you can't get away and you're going, oh, what do I do? I now can't fit in that extra hours clean that I want to book in. Um, and there's another one that we've just got rid of this week. And it came up in a meeting. We'd done some damage. So an ornament had been damaged. A cat head came off. Of, anyway, Or a bird. I don't know what it was. Some kind of bird was broken. It wasn't particularly expensive. I think it's eight pounds on eBay. Um, but this was like the 20th time in the four years. And I was like, this is taking us so much management time to keep managing it and the stress. And really, it's because the whole house is full of ornaments and they're not expensive, but she's going to notice every single one. And it's at that point, you've got to sort of be a bit ruthless. A lovely lady, we enjoy cleaning for her. But actually, I haven't got the management time to keep managing this. 
and it, if it was with every customer. And so she almost gets demoted to a C or D client, despite the fact it's our perfect clean and our perfect area, nice lady, everything wonderful. But, you know, and they're only small claims. It's an eight pounds. Can we cover it? Yes. But it's eight pounds off every other clean. Yeah. And that really eats into your margins because, you know, eight pound loss on a clean is is significant. Um, because you know we know that domestic cleaning is about low margins and you know it can be <laughs> about low margins and usually the the only way to combat those is either higher sort of turnover do more clients or if you're solo then you're going to have higher margins anyway but yeah it just eats into your time and, and also you know if you look at geography of clients you know you're traveling okay the cost of Petrol and diesel is still high, but also there's your time, you know, and if you've got a team, you're having to pay them travel time. So think about the geography of your clients. And it might be that you don't need to sack the clients. It might be that you could actually go, well, okay, Mrs. Smith lives near Mr. Jones, but we go there on different days. So why don't we ask Mrs. Smith if she'll change days? Simple as that. It's just a little change. And Mrs. Smith probably won't mind or move Mr. Jones, whichever. But you've then automatically reduced your cost because it will reduce your travel time and therefore your your cost of your fuel. Or it will reduce your team's mileage, travel time, whatever you pay them. So, again, and you can fit more hours in as well. So it's got so many, you know, just looking at that travel time is another really good way of looking at your clients slightly differently. But also... Sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, do you know what a lot of businesses do that I love? So I know around us, we've got sort of like five small little towns. They all interlinked. And you do that one on one day and that yep. one on another day. And so you're not going from one little town. I mean, they're only two miles away, but we're from one little one to another. You, you, when they're qu- you're quoting, you say, right, I cover here on a Wednesday. Do you want my Wednesday slot? And they go, oh, I really wanted a Friday. Oh, do you want the Wednesday? Yeah, I'll take the Wednesday. Yep. And yeah. Absolutely. And and particularly right now, while we're still in a seller's market most of the time, you know, it's still good to rationalize your business in this way and, and make give the client options, but don't give them every option. Give them the options that suit your business rather than any day of the week, regardless of geography. Yes, I'm in this town on Friday morning and then Friday afternoon, I'm driving five miles up the road because all those five miles add up. Um, and particularly if you 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 want to or you've got a team. That, that five miles of travel time and manage allowance really adds up. And also your team won't like it because they're yeah. so stuck, in, stuck in traffic um, and they won't like it either. I know where you are in Manchester, traveling five miles is going to take a lot longer than traveling miles where we are in Yorkshire. We don't do five miles. No. It's, it's ridiculous. I would not do five miles. No. Whereas we would travel 10 to 15 miles because we can do that in 10 to 15 minutes. <laughs> so it's a bit of a difference. And whereas our, our North Leeds branch, yeah, absolutely. We don't travel more than five miles because it's crazy. Um, but if you're paying travel time, your team are going to be sat and you're paying them. Are you going to cover this? Because travel time is something that comes up time and time again. Do I have to pay travel time? Do you want me to answer this one? Go on then. I love this. So it's it's a little bit complex and it's um, something that people talk about again and again. No, you don't have to pay travel time is the simple answer. But, But, right, but. So obviously you'll all be aware of minimum wage. And I think minimum wage at the moment for over 25s is £9.50. So if you had them do an hour's work, they got paid £9.50, then they had to travel 20 minutes and then they had to do the next job and they did an hour's work at £9.50. They would be working two hours and 20 minutes and you would only be paying them £19. That would mean that including that extra 20 minutes, they fall below national minimum wage. 
So if you are going to pay the minimum wage, then you will need to pay traveling time because they must not fall below minimum wage. Now, if you paid, oh, I can't do the maths on this, if you paid £12 an hour and they made, so they did the two hours work, so they got paid £24 plus that was the extra 20 minutes, I haven't got my calculator on, but they would not fall below national minimum wage. So if I divided two hours 20 by 24, then they would not fall below £9.90. Yeah, that's pretty much the principle. One thing you have to remember about this is that it's in every single pay period that you have to calculate this. So if you pay your staff monthly, you work it out based on how many hours they did that month, how much travel time they did that month, how much did they get paid? Is that above minimum wage? If you pay them weekly, you have to do it every week. It's a really important distinction because people have fallen foul of it. Um, But yeah, you don't have to pay it. You just have to do the calculation every single pay period to make sure. And I know that's built into our software. I don't know if it's built into yours, but ours is built into the software. So we are aware of, of whether it does fall yeah. under. So no, you don't have to pay it is the answer. But you've got to be aware if you're not paying Very it. Very aware. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but fundamentally, for in terms of cost to your business, it's you want to reduce it as much as possible because you want your staff to be paid as well as possible. But also the business needs to make money. And if you're traveling here, there and everywhere, paying that extra for that, and you know, you might be paying the mileage as well as travel time, then yeah, it's going to cost you money. Another thing around reducing travel time I like is about your time. So quoting. So I know, Louise, you love a video quote and we do all our quotes on the telephone now. And I know we've done um, webinars um, that are in the training library, the DCBN training library now about selling over the phone. And we even did a role play, didn't we, on the video quote. I've just had my new office manager learning from our Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. So that's another way. It saves you a fortune. And also it gives you back some of your time because you're not going out, you know, evenings, weekends, because often our clients are at work all day. So they want us to come out at outside um, office hours and so you're getting that time back so that automatically saves you money but if you're not going out you're not spending money on petrol either so talk me through how you do the video quote Louise I know we've done a role play on it but why is it so powerful so so I'm not going to talk you just do that I'm going to say why we did it because I actually did the calculations on this so if for example it takes me 25 minutes to get to say my quote which some of them were and then I'm there for an hour and then it's 25 minutes back again or 25 minutes to the next one that's you know an hour and 45 minutes an hour and 50 um and video quotes, a lot of people say, well, they're not as accurate. And you're right, they're not as accurate. But my video quote takes me 20 to 30 minutes. So I can be up to an hour wrong. And still, I would rather pay my staff an extra hour than me being there. And, you know, I can be an hour wrong and still be better off than going to do all these quotes. And for me, that was the kind of no brainer, in particular as we grow, and I've got other people doing the quotes, I don't want to pay someone two hours to still get the quote wrong. I'd rather they got it wrong in 20 to 30 minutes. Um, Not that they do get it wrong, they get it right. Yeah, completely agree. And ours started because we always like to quote over the phone because we wanted to minimize the number of sales appointments. That's initially how it started for us. So we didn't want to go out to clients or potential clients that weren't in our kind of target market in terms of price particularly. But, you know, we just didn't want to keep going out to people. They were like, oh, I expected it to be X amount per hour. And we're like, we just wanted to get the price out of the way over the phone. So I first introduced this probably about five or six years ago. And I trained my team to do 
it as well, where we did a, a telephone quote. We still then followed it up with a sales appointment. So we still went out. Um, but with COVID, we just stopped going out. Um, and we actually don't do video quote. We still do it all over the telephone. But we manage the client's expectations that they have booked a set length of time. And this is what we'll be able to do in that time. However, we have a really good feedback system and we'll be in contact over the first few cleans to make sure it works. So we've managed that if we did need extra time, we can then go back to the client and go, actually, you know, because of this, because of that, you know, because you didn't tell me about the three dogs, um, it's going to take slightly longer or actually it might work the other way. And it might be that we've overquoted, but generally it's been working. And I know when, when my manager was on holiday at the beginning of August, um, I signed nine clients over the phone in, in a day just over the telephone. In fact, it actually wasn't even a day. It was a morning just over the telephone. Whereas if I'd had to go out to nine sales appointments, hours. Diane, I've got six hours. booked between 12 and 3 on Friday afternoon. I'm going to go bam, 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 Perfect. bam. I'm like, yeah. please don't turn up someone. Yeah. So, and, and one of the challenges in this business as well is that, you know, especially if you're going out cleaning all day, is going home and you've got admin to figure out, you've got the kids to feed, you've got whatever. Then the thought of having to then return those sales inquiries because you know you've then got to fit them into your diary to actually do the sales appointment as well as fit them into your diary to do the cleaning it just becomes really wearing and I've heard a few comments recently where people said I don't want to pick up the, I don't want to return calls anymore I don't I don't like answering the phone anymore and I think it comes from overwhelm and knowing that actually all I have to do is make those calls and then we book them in whether it's on video or you just do it as a telephone call if you know you've bought all that time back then it becomes kind of fun again that sort of sales bit rather than a chore so yeah, yeah it saves you money but it also perhaps maybe gets your mojo back a little bit when it comes to returning calls if you've kind of got a bit like oh I can't and, face and the it other, the other thing so um one of the things we push is if your price is, is decent enough, you won't win all of them. So, you know, for me to guarantee that I'm going to get 10, now I'll probably get 15 out of this. I want to do 20 sales mm -hmm. quotes. Yeah. Well, so in the next week, I've got to do 20 sales quotes. You'll, you'll see me stressing about this on the Facebook pages. Going, I hate doing this. Um, but you know what? They are just booked into the diary. And I know 20 sales quotes will take me 10 hours to do. So that's two hours an afternoon. If I'm going out to do 20 sales quotes in a week, that's a full time job. I, yeah. I, I can't do it. Whereas two hours a day I can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's still, you know, I mean, that's a lot. Most people aren't going to be doing 20 sales <laughs> quotes um, at, at once. But, you know, if you are, then this is a way of buying so much time back. And actually, you know, you then got 30 hours left. <laughs> <laughs> to do something else in your business rather than slogging away, you go driving here, spending money on petrol, losing family time, whatever it is that, you know, is the, the Well, cost. the reality is in the time it's going to take me to do this, you do five quotes and of those, let's say half don't go for you, you only get two in and you just think that, you know, I'm useless at this. And sometimes it's a numbers game if yeah, you want absolutely. to grow. Yeah. And and if you've then got, you know, we've both got other people in place that do this selling for us. We can train them how to do it and we can save a fortune by them not spending 40 hours a week doing 20 quotes. They can do other things for us as well or they could be part time. You know, again, it saves money for 
for you as an individual, but it also saves money for your business as it grows. And you know, we did we've done a couple of webinars on on sort of selling and, and marketing and things like that. But we did a specific one, didn't we, on telephone sales skills and um, where we role played it in in great detail, um, the telephone one, but also the video quote. So um, that's in our training library. So DCVM members can access that anytime. That's um, one of my favorite ones, the role yeah, plays. You learn really, so much yeah, from the role yeah. plays. I was very nervous on that one, I have to say. You were really you, you were really mean. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. So we've we've given you a few ideas there um as to how you can, you know, just reduce your costs in your business. You know, if we're all going to get through this next sort of six months to a year where things are very changeable, inflation is still almost 10%. And, and in fact, actually for essentials, it's more like 25%. So there are so many things going on that are, you know, scary that can affect our business. Our clients are going through the same. So I know that some people have found that clients have been cancelling. So we need to make our businesses resilient. So that's why I was so keen that we run a bit of a series about beating the cost of living. So this is just the first one, just a few ideas for you. The masterclass next week, there'll be a lot more ideas and expanding on this topic for our members. Um, and then, you know, we'll do a, We'll do another topic, some more ideas for you as to how you can survive and thrive um, even in difficult times. And I think the cleaning industry, they say it's recession proof. And um, we've both been through recessions Um businesses will do well businesses started up in covid when i know i struggled quite a lot mainly because we yeah. were closed for nine months and um, others started up and absolutely rocketed and you're going to find exactly the same when if a recession comes if um might do let's not talk um, ourselves into it but yes if, yeah. if. if it happened there will be people that start cleaning businesses and they will do exceptionally well and it's always interesting however the market changes and I always think of it as sort of a bit of a seesaw. So when we're struggling, we've got lots of jobs, we can't find staff. When we've got like no jobs and loads of staff and really it's just about keeping that balance. We've just got to yeah. keep going. And and Diane said, well, what are you doing um, to become like recession proof or, or save it? I was like, Diane, I've just been through COVID. We've gone in every direction. I don't need to be anything proof because we've been through everything in the last two years. So I think if you've survived the last couple of years and you've gone from sort of pre-COVID through it, coming out the other side, by now you should have the skills to just deal with whatever's thrown at you. Yeah. And and I always, you know, I share this a lot with people. I started my business in 2008, literally as the banks were collapsing. And you know, people people needed cleaners just as much then as they as they you know as they did do now. And you know, I was the most expensive in my area. I didn't realize I was most expensive at the time because I just kind of set my price differently to most people. But I grew so quickly because people needed the service, and I was good at selling it. So there are elements around you know. If you're delivering a service that people will still want, regardless of the economy, you just need to get good at selling it and good at delivering it and then making sure your business is profitable. And yeah, you will survive, definitely. And I think the other thing, and we don't plug this enough, um, the thing that's hard is as things change, you have to adapt and you have to be resilient. And I know that last time I went through it, I was I was alone. I, I've always said I grew in isolation. And the difference is now there's a community. You've got us. We're going to keep talking through this. You're not going through this alone. These are live. We're doing these and they're they're released less than a week later. So whatever's happening, um, we kind of are going through it with you at the same yeah. time. And it's part of a community. And that's what I found hardest probably about 
every time there's a major shift in the market, a major shift, I'm like, okay, I can deal with this. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And sometimes you just need to be told it's not you because when it goes wrong, you automatically think you're a bit useless and you're not. You just got to change with it. Yeah. It's nice to know you've got a community of, of cleaning business owners that all want to support each other and knowing that you're not just this. Yeah. It can be very lonely in your own business. So, yeah, come and join us. Come and join. Come and join the DCBA. Come be part of it all. As, well, that's all. We're wrapping up now, aren't we, Diane? Yeah, that's that's it. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see you on the next one, and or you'll hear us on the next one, depending on whether you're on YouTube or listening um on your your headphones while you're working. And I'm off to get a haircut, so hopefully this will be a lot shorter for the next one. And uh, we're off on Saturday, aren't we? We're going to course, the cleaning expo cleaning expo so there'll be lots of live into live and there will be live there will be interviews and um i'm quite excited i don't think we'll get any podcasts done then so no but you're doing lots of interviews aren't you so i'll be looking lots forward to those flyers and cleaning business owners and some of the feedback we've had is you want to hear from other cleaning business owners so we're going to start interviewing some people for you guys see you all soon